point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. On today's show, we're talking about Trevor Ariza, the Trail Blazers forward who is opting out of the restart plan in Orlando. We'll run through the details on why he's choosing to do that, what it means for the Blazers in the their quest to make the postseason, and what are their options outside of their own roster for replacing what Ariza brings. But let's start with the why. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, Trevor Ariza has been involved in a prolonged Cusky case over his 12-year-old son, and the mother of his child has decided to grant him the court-ordered month-long visitation, but that month-long visitation where Trevor will go get to see his 12-year-old son coincides with the league's plan to restart the season in Orlando. So instead of joining the Blazers in Orlando for their quarantine period and then their preseason warm-up, heading into the seeding games, heading into the actual playoffs. You know what's happening in Orlando. Trevor Ariza, it's not going to work out for his schedule, and he has chosen, rightly, to prioritize his parenting responsibilities over competing for the Blazers. And that's it. I don't think there we need to dive too much deeper. Uh, he has a custody issue that we don't have a lot of details about. If he has a limited opportunity to see his son, this is what you do. There is no hot take. There is no debate. Being a father, being having a family, however, whatever that word might mean to you, cultivating that family is more important than basketball. And quite frankly, I think some of the reasoning people are going to point to, and and I don't particularly care for, is that that this is okay for Trevor Ariza to do because Trevor Ariza to do because the Blazers are not in this position to win a championship. And to that, I say f you. This is important for Trevor Ariza to do because being a father is more important than being a small forward. That's it. I'm not really hunting for any hot takes or even any takes. Period in, involving this. This is pretty cut and dry to me. This is a personal decision and it's the right decision for him to make. Good on Trevor Ariza. If I'm going to do anything in this space, I'm going to applaud Trevor Ariza for prioritizing being a dad over anything else going on in his life. This is a personal decision, uh, one that comes outside of basketball, but it does have a handful of of real basketball implications. Ariza is going to give back a little money by doing this. And he's going to leave the Blazers with a hole in their starting lineup. We will talk about that more in the second segment, the implications of what Ariza's absence will mean. But what we won't do in this first segment is debate the merits of Trevor Ariza's decision. But let me place his decision in some context. Um, There is a deadline of June 24th, that's Wednesday of this week, for NBA players to uh, tell their teams, their, the, the team they play for, if they're going to join, if they plan to opt out of the Orlando restart plan. So if you don't want to go to the bubble, you can choose to do so. And Ariza was not the first person to do this. Uh, in fact, Davis Bertans of the Washington Wizards was the first person to do this, and he did so for basketball reasons, it appears. The Wizards are unlikely to make the playoffs, 
If they do, they're unlikely to do much against the Milwaukee Bucks when they get there. And Bertans is entering free agency and could be in for a payday. He's also had some injuries in his career. This is his time to get long-term financial security. So he has made a decision, and uh, reportedly, at least according to the reports I read on ESPN, that is supported by the by uh, the Wizards was supported by the franchise. They know what he's doing. They want him to be part of their long-term plans. They're prioritizing the future over the near term. So I think part of this reason news coming out the when, when it did is because he needed to tell his he needed to tell he needed to inform the Blazers by Wednesday of this week that he wasn't going to he wasn't going to participate. But this isn't about Trevor Ariza prioritizing anything else than being a dad he's he's just choosing to be a father and and to and to make a choice through his actions to say that fatherhood and family is more important than basketball and why i highlighted the davis bertons thing is just to say that other players may opt out for other reasons this won't I don't think Ariza and Bertans will be the only guys to say, I don't want to end up in the bubble. I think as we head into Wednesday, we'll have other players do it. And those reasons will be all over the map. Maybe health concerns, maybe future financial concerns, but those are debatable. Those The merits of those are debatable, and they might need a cosign from the team to make you feel whether this is good. What Trevor Ariza is doing, it doesn't need any cosigns. You don't need to have kids to understand the importance of family. You don't even need to have a traditional family to understand the importance of creating a non-traditional one. But Ariza's decision, his correct choice that he's making, comes with real basketball implications. And that's what I want to talk about in the second and third segment. We'll come back in that second segment and talk about what it means for the Blazers. What are they going to do without Ariza on the roster, because they're going to move forward and make their push for the playoffs without him. But before we get there and figure out how to fill that gap, I want to reiterate that the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. I encourage you, if you are in whatever locale you are in, to look into donating to charities that affect your immediate community. If you want to make an impact and you choose to make an impact financially, research some nonprofits or some organizations that are doing that work locally. Uh, the, the Locked On podcast, the Locked On donations we're making are for larger national, broader campaigns because we are a larger national, broader network. But if you want to make the biggest impact in your community, I suggest you look for local organizations, those right in your town. If you're a Portland listener, I recommend you check out the Black Resilience Fund. It's not going to be on the Locked On website, but it's one that Mike Richmond and Locked On Blazers certainly recommends. Today's show is also brought to you by Magic Spoon. It's cereal, except it's not chock full of sugar. That's right, a cereal that's good for you. Zero grams of sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Magic Spoon comes in four delicious flavors, cocoa, fruity, fl- frosted, and blueberry. It tastes amazing. 
a lot like those sugary cereals you love, but with the, but it's not a sugary cereal. Might be too good to be true. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, GMO-free. That's a lot of good things. So if you want to get your hands on some of this cereal, here's what you do. You go to magicspoon.com MBA to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use the promo code NBA to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com NBA and use the promo code NBA for free shipping. All right, still talking Trevor Ariza here on Locked On Blazers. In the first segment, we laid out the reasons why he isn't going to join the Blazers in Orlando, but let's talk real basketball implications here. Ariza was good. Like, he wasn't great, but Ariza was good, and he was competent in a place where the Blazers hadn't been. He played in 21 games after coming over in the January trade from the Sacramento Kings, uh, you'll remember the Blazers sent out Kent Bazemore and Anthony Tolliver in exchange for Ariza. They also got back Caleb Swanigan and Wenyan Gabriel. But Ariza was the prize. I mean, the trade was basically Bazemore for Ariza, and Ariza, and, and that was those were the headliners. Everything else was just to make it work. And Ariza played in 21 games with the Blazers and started every single one of them. He scored. He averaged 11 points, grabbed 4.8 rebounds, and came up away with a steal a game. Played 33.4 minutes a night. He shot 49% from the floor and, importantly, 40% on three-pointers. He was just good. With Ariza on the floor, next to Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, the Blazers had a plus 3.3 net rating. Even more so, the Blazers reconfigured starting lineup with Dame, CJ, Trevor Ariza, Carmelo Anthony, and Hassan Whiteside had a plus 5.6 net rating in games that they all appeared in. They just kind of figured it out. To put this maybe more in perspective, and boy, my back in my wheelhouse quoting net rating to you. Getting so excited about stats, I'm losing my train of thought. Uh, I guess if you don't know what net rating is, it is the... Difference in offensive points scored per possession and defensive points allowed per possession while you were on the floor. It's normalized per 100 possessions. So, yeah, I mean, you probably know what it is. It's it's a pretty, it's a, it's an advanced stat, quote-unquote, that has become pretty normal in the league. Um, I find it intriguing for lineup combinations, although it is not some sort of be-all, end-all stat. But I think it's telling that those five starters together, the, the sort of new-look Blazers post, you know, trade deadline and on until the season ended plus 5.6 that would have you know they would have been a, a really good team if they could have could have continued that all year long this is like a high a high level team with a net rating at that point but the four starters without Trevor Reza throughout the whole season were a point plus 0.63 so they're barely you know they're basically barely breaking even they are by definition a middling team uh Ariza takes them to being from this sort of mediocre group to being competitive. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe even a playoff level team with him in the lineup, but he is no longer in the lineup. And the Blazers' problem, even with him, was depth. It wasn't that starting five, it was who else could play. They basically had, you know, six guys who could play on any given night. And uh, Ariza was a huge part of that. And without him, you know, you're down to five. It's depth was an issue. It still is. And it's only worse. 
you know, before we get to the obvious solutions, let's list the remaining players on the Blazers roster who are small forwards. Okay, that's none. Let's uh, expand the list to include guys who are on two-way contracts and are technically G League players. Jalen Horde. We've got one small forward on the roster. That's one name. The Blazers do have some other solutions. I'm looking at you, Gary Trent Jr. It's your time to possibly guard LeBron James. My goodness. To be clear, in the short term, I'm not particularly concerned about the Blazers' offense without Trevor Ariza. I think Gary Trent Jr. is a reasonable facsimile for his with his spacing and ability to attack uh, off, you know, a couple dribble moves, but not a lot of one-on-one creation. I think he he fills what Ariza does okay. They'll figure it out on that end. Um, if the Blazers are bad on offense. Adding another shooter or struggling on offense, let's say, adding another shooter and just giving the ball to Damian Lillard more is is fine. They'll, they'll be good with with that plan. The problem is perimeter defense and the versatility that Ariza allows. What Ariza allowed, and he's the only player on the roster that would do this, was allow the Blazers to go small while still having a competent defender at the four. Ariza was the answer to a lot of the questions the Blazers seem to be constantly asking. So that's like... The solution is simple, right? Gary Trent Jr. plugs into the starting small forward spot, um, and you go from there with three guard lineups. Trent Jr. is a competitive defender, but he's not six foot eight. He's just not as long. Um, Ariza was like a league average defender. I don't think the Blazers have a lot of dudes who fit that, maybe even above average defender, but I don't, they certainly don't have many guys on the roster who fit that. I think they have. If you include Zach and Nurk now, I think they have three with Nurk, Zach, and Hassan Whiteside, and they're all basically centers. They just don't have those perimeter defenders, which is my main concern. I I think you plug you plug Gary Trent Jr. in there, you try to play him 28-plus minutes a night, and you figure it out from there. The other solutions aren't great. Jalen Horde probably not ready to play in these high-leverage games. I guess you can have more three-guard lineups with Anthony Simons. Um, you could try out Nazir Little at the three, something the Blazers really rarely did. Or, and I know you've been screaming this at the mic, or at least thinking, or screaming at your earphones, or at least thinking it a bunch, is move Carmelo Anthony to the three. That's just a terrible idea. I think you can do it in really small spurts, uh, go big, going big, but I just, he's just a four. I mean, he's, uh, Melo has a useful spot and is playing uh, offense first power forward. He's not much of a defender at that spot. He's going to be even worse as a three. Um, his, I, I think his, his, his preferred offensive style of isolation and jab step stuff. If you have two other bigs on the floor, it even screws up the spacing anymore. So I don't, I don't like Mello as a solution there. I think the solutions are Gary Trent Jr. and Simons. And I haven't mentioned him yet because I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he's a starter option, but certainly Mario Hazonia is going to get a lot more minutes. Um, the, the, they kind of tried to play Hazonia mostly as a power forward, as a four who would bring the ball up, like a, but I think he has to play a little bit of three now. Um, it's not great because he's not much of a spacer and he's better with the ball in his hands, which is why I don't think he'll start, but we're going to see a lot more Hazonia. I mean, that's what this is. We're This is, this is, this is, Gary Trent Jr. is your best option, and you're hoping you can you can get real minutes with Mario Hazonia playing 15-plus minutes a night. Um, I think he's probably a better plan than Nazir Little or Carmelo Anthony at the three, but a worse plan than three-guard lineups, although it's debatable whether Hazonia is better than Anthony Simons. 
um, certainly less potential, but like I'm talking about functionally good right now or functionally good at in, at the end of July when things start up. Uh, that one's up in the air, but those are your solutions. Gary Trent Jr., three guard lineups with Anthony Simons, little bit of a little bit more of Mario Hazonia or some wonky lineups where Nazir Little or Carmel Anthony plays the three. As you can see, not a lot of wonderful solutions. Trevor Ariza was such a good find. Neil Olshay does some weird stuff, but in-season trades to address specific problems, he seems to be pretty good at. Like, that's a thing he's really um, adept at. So, um, unfortunately, he can't make a trade now. But there are some vehicles for the Blazers to improve outside of who's already on the roster. And that's what we'll talk about in the third segment is the external options for the Blazers. But before we do that, I want to tell you all about Blinkist. It's hard to find time to sit down and read and learn more. If you don't have free time, you can't work on personal development. But there's an incredible app that solves this problem. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique. Works on your phone, tablet, or your web browser. What it does is it takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Blinkist is super popular. 12 million people are already using it because it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history. Blinkist has the latest titles from best-selling, bestseller lists as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com MBA to try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com MBA to start your free seven-day trial and you'll save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com NBA. Still a pass-first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still locked on Blazers. Still talking about Trevor Ariza, who has decided to not join the Blazers in Orlando to spend a month with his 12-year-old son. We talked about the reason that he's not going to be there. We talked about how the Blazers can address those options internally. But there are some external options. I mean, more technically than functionally, but there are external options. Let me explain. First of all, as I mentioned in the first segment, Trevor Reason is going to forfeit a little bit of money by doing this. Um, I think that could potentially influence the Blazers' decision-making process, mostly because they have made some decisions down uh, the stretch of this season to get cheaper. Um, like in Part of trading for Trevor Ariza was the team was bad and this might help, but it certainly would save money. So this like made the Blazers cheaper and you know, roll the dice, whether it worked, it turned out to work, you know, two birds, one stone or whatever. But I think part of the motivation there was this, it cut, you know, 12 million bucks of the Blazers payroll, reduced their luxury tax bill, uh, things that they care about. And frankly, you shouldn't, but I think him forfeiting a little money might could, I don't think it will, but could potentially influence the decision-making if the Blazers choose to sign a player. What do you mean sign a player? I mean that beginning on Tuesday, when you may be listening to this, that's June 23rd, there is a week-long transaction window. 
And during the transaction window, here's what all 22 teams that are headed to Orlando can do. They can sign players for rest of the season contracts. They can add substitute players for anyone on the roster who currently opts out. You cannot just add a, you cannot add a substitute player for an injured player, but if you choose that that doesn't give you a roster spot, but if you opt out as Ariza has chosen to do, uh, that gives the team an option to sign a player for the roster spot created by the opt-out. You can also convert two-way contracts to standard deals. I anticipate the Blazers will do this. It's no guarantee. I don't think Moses Brown exactly helps, but I can I could see them bringing along both Moses Brown and Jalen Horde. Um, they could be converted to standard deals. The uh, teams are allowed to bring 17 roster guys to Orlando. Players can be waived during this transaction window. Uh, that would basically be if you wanted to sign a player, you could waive someone to create a roster spot. Um, but no trades. So if that's the next thing you were going to ask, no trades. This is basically a free agency window. This is like um, an opportunity to add players who are not on an NBA roster to your roster now. The Blazers have... Two, two chances to do this. They already had an open roster spot. They're only rolling with 14 plus the two two-way guys. So they already had that spot created. And now they have this, uh, we'll call it a substitute spot for following Ariza's opt-out. But let me say this. If there was like a six foot eight capable forward who could shoot 40% from three and start as an, on a average or slightly below average NBA team, he would be employed. That gentleman would already have a job. There is no Trevor Ariza level player or likely anything close that's just waiting to sign an NBA deal. That person, if there was a Trevor Ariza quality person, they would have been on a team in March. They wouldn't have had to wait till July. So yes, the Blazers can make a move, and now with the limited roster options, with um, with so much riding on sort of what Gary Trent Jr. and Mario Hazonia can bring, they they have an option to make a move. They they very well might, but there isn't sort of a fix all or even a, even like what I would term real help out there. Um, you can hit the interwebs and find your bad solutions. You can tweet me about J.R. Smith and Jamal Crawford. I will tell you that those are bad plans, but because I love y'all, I will offer one real name. Here is one real solution. I know. Many of you were going to ask, or many of you were maybe going to complain after you listen to this podcast, how could you just poo-poo all our ideas and not give us an idea? Well, folks, I made a list of two names. <laughs> it was the person I'm about to tell you about and Corey Brewer. But a couple hours before I hit record, Corey Brewer signed with the Sacramento Kings, so I deleted that little blurb and kept it moving. For the record, Shams Tarani, who broke the Corey Brewer news, said that Brewer, quote, Brewer chose the Kings over multiple potential offers, which is the type of bullshit an agent will always tell you in a text message. Also, it might be true. Maybe the Blazers did, in fact, or maybe other teams, including the Blazers and or, or many other NBA teams had an interest in Corey Brewer. Sure, it's a possibility. But the name, the name that I would say could potentially help the Blazers or potentially fill in for a spot that they don't have on the roster because they're so depleted on the wing. Justin Anderson. Now, that is not a sexy name like, I don't know if J.R. Smith is a sexy name, but you know what I'm talking about. This is not a, this is not a name that's going to be up on the marquee. But what Justin Anderson is probably like a functional below average NBA wing. He's... 6'6", he went to UVA, he was a first-round pick in the 2015 draft, he since then has played for Dallas, Philly, Atlanta, and Brooklyn. Most recently, he's been in the G League with the Long Island Nets. 
Justin Anderson is not a good idea. He is not someone who could step in and really help the Blazers. Again, if he was that type of person, he probably wouldn't have played for four teams since 2015 and currently be in the G League. He would be employed on an NBA team, but he's an NBA athlete. He's about NBA size. Um, He's been a low-level bench contributor for some mediocre teams. And what he is is he's a realistic option perhaps the most realistic option I could quickly conjure up for you, dear listener. So I don't know what the Blazers are going to do. And I wouldn't be super surprised if they do nothing, if they roll with what they've got, because one, it saves them money financially, and two, adding sort of a crash course type player for these games might not be their preference. You know, they might just want to roll with guys who are familiar with the playbook, who they don't have to work in. It's already an, uh, going to be a challenging time to kind of get dudes ready. Adding a new face to the mix could maybe just exacerbate that challenge. But there are options. There are internal options, We, as we discussed in the second segment. There's some external vehicles basically signing a dude. There's one vehicle uh, with multiple names for, for improving outside. The point is that their larger point is of this whole podcast is that they're going to miss Trevor Reza. He was a good player. He was a very bad player with the Kings, signed on and became a good player with the Blazers. Cam Bazemore did the same thing by switching cities. It is amazing what a change of scenery will do for someone. The Blazers are going to miss Trevor Reza. They're going to miss his production. They're probably going to miss some of his toughness. He's not with the funnies, as you recall. But they will march forward, assuming that the NBA season keeps going. And if they are going to address their roster construction, it's going to happen this week. That transaction window that I mentioned closes on June 30th. This is the week. These are the seven or eight days that they have to figure this out. Ariza maybe did them a solid by go ahead and letting them know. So they have as much time, maximum time to figure it out. So perhaps on a podcast soon, we'll be talking about a new addition to the Blazers. But if not, what we won't talk about is whether Trevor Ariza did the right thing. We know he did. We don't need to debate it. That's going to do it for today's show. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.